0: We're moving into the uh, fall, and as Matthew was talking about, it's fall kickoff, and we are excited about uh, what's gonna be happening in the fall, and we got some changes that are gonna be happening on Sunday morning too, and so I just kinda wanted to touch on some of that schedule change that is going to be happening. Um, And you can see it up here on the screen, we are going we got to have prayer time at 8 to nine as you can see. and then from 9 to 9:30 9 a.m. is coffee? Yes, coffee. We will have coffee. Um, and then 930 to 10:35 or so is our worship service. and then children's church starts up and, and they'll be from 10 to 11. So kids will be with us during worship service and then they'll be heading off to Children's church. And then ten thirty five to eleven we 're doing what we call community connect groups it 's taking the community corners we've we 've been doing over the last few months over the summer and kind of upping the ante on them some more it 's interesting because we were, we were talking in the prayer room before during the service how needed it has been that there 's been after the service because of the community corners all kinds of prayer happening all throughout this sanctuary and so With these Community Connect groups, we're going to go into groups, we're going to add another group, and we'll go into this more detail next week, but we're also going to talk about uh, the sermon during that time. So you're going to take time, and what did God teach me today, and uh, in what way am I going to live my life differently this week? Kind of the idea is to create an environment where we not only hear God's Word and hear the Spirit speak to us, but... We are intentional about um, applying it. What does that application look like? Um, And then uh, Matthew is going to be having a rooted Bible study, and that's going to go from 10.45 to 11.45 a.m. So that all starts next week. As we start this new ministry year... um, I wanted to take the next three Sundays and talk about and remind us of why we do what we do. In essence, what I'm going to be talking about over the next three Sundays is our core values and our mission and our vision. It was interesting for me, a few weeks ago, I'm having a conversation. Actually, Terry and I are having a conversation with some friends that we knew at Church of the Open Door when we, I was on staff there many years ago. We hadn't seen them for a while, and they're about our age, and our kids are a similar age, and their son and our oldest son are really good friends, and so we got back, and we were catching up and doing all that stuff that you do to catch up, and um, it was crazy, because we were talking, and all of a sudden, they're, they're saying, you know, yeah, you know what, um, Even now that our church is open, uh, we haven't gone back. I mean, it's so much nicer just sitting at home, in our pajamas, having a cup of coffee and breakfast, and watching the service online. And uh, these are good people who love the Lord. So, I mean, it's not, but it was just interesting That that conversation, and it was just like, hmm, how many more people are feeling the, the same way? Well then, it was literally like two days later, I'm having conversation with some other people. They're a little younger, they have kids, and basically the same words are coming out of their mouth in a week two different families talking about how much nicer it is to just stay at home it's crazy what a year of not attending church can do i mean it, it does sound appealing doesn't it i mean you just wake up whenever make your coffee and you can pick from the best preachers from all around the world. And you can be really informed. The hard thing for us in church leadership is that in reality, people do look at church differently today than they did two years ago. That that conversation was happening amongst pastors and leaders of, you know what, it's, it's changing and what does that change look like and uh, it, it's ironic because there was a part of me that was like, yeah, church is going to look differently, people are going to feel differently, but in reality, you know, it'll come back and it'll be the, the way it was and, and, and I still, yes, there's some of that, but there is a broader spectrum, I think, of people who are looking at church way differently. People are even looking at volunteering in church differently. I mean, church is always, most churches always struggle with trying to get volunteers, but there just seems to be this mindset of, I had spent all these years volunteering and I haven't had to volunteer for a year and you know what, it's really kind of nice. And this isn't just something that we're experiencing. I, again, in my conversations with other pastors in our community, in the Evangelical Covenant Church, and even what I'm reading, it is, something that, is um, it's something that a lot of people, most churches are experiencing. At the same time, we have this dilemma, and that is people's mental health. And part of the reason for the mental health dilemma is that people are looking for connection. They're looking for, they, they've been alone. They've been, you know, bound up in their house all by themselves. So it's like, what? Hello, you watching live stream. We're here. Connection. But we have more ways to connect than just coming to church for an hour. I mean, coming to church and singing some songs and listening to somebody. Preach is not really connection. It's really all the other stuff, right? It's partly why over the summer we did these community corners, trying to create an environment where we're talking with each other. It's it's why we're going to have these community connect groups moving forward. It's so this place it's it's to help us to move from just coming through the door. Standing and sitting, sitting and listening, and then walking out the door. We're trying to create an environment where you come in. Yes, you sing, and yes, you hear. But now you step into relationship. You see, people try to fulfill this desire for connection lots of other ways. On our phones. You know, how often are we connecting on our phones? Social media binge-watching TV shows, or the old favorites, substance abuse, addictions. Most of us have come to realize how important connection is this last year. And they realize that our relationship and how we do church looks different. So that's why we're going to talk about as we talk about our mission and our vision and our values, I've con- connected it with this theme of belonging because belonging is what it's really about. And I remember when I started at Church of the Open Door a number of years ago; it was it was crazy. Church of the Open Door it was, at that time it was a church of over two thousand. I was hired as a groups pastor, and for. Um, Part of my job was to hang out in the gathering place in between services and be a pastoral presence. Well, here I am new, and Church of the Open Doors gathering place is probably the same size as our sanctuary, and there's three to four hundred people milling around before, after, in between the services. I'm brand new. I'm an introvert. I know nobody. Oh, When I think of not feeling like I belong, this is one of the things that pops into my brain. So I would make my rounds. I would start here, and I would just walk around. Now, for an introvert, that's really hard on one case. But then to stop and talk to somebody, that was really, really hard. But it was my job. So I had to do it, and eventually over time as I would stop and talk to people, then each Sunday it was was a little bit easier because now I go, I've met that person before, I'm going over there, get to know those people. And so it grew over time. But in the midst of walking amongst two to 300 people, I never felt so alone. Belonging is something that we all long for. At the same time, belonging could be one of the most hardest things to do. I'm sure each of you have a story. If I ask you, tell me about a time when you felt like you didn't belong, like you didn't fit in, or you were alone, you probably can have a story. In fact, something's probably popping up into your brain right now. This need for belonging and this feeling alone starts out when we're even little kids. It's as simple as choosing sides for a game and you're the last one chosen. It's going into the lunchroom at school and sitting by yourself or trying to find somebody to sit with. I, I remember that Beginning of a semester, you don't know who's in the lunchroom. You walk in and, oh, oh, I hope there's somebody I know. It's coming to church and nobody talking to you. It's a lockdown because of a pandemic. We all have moments where we felt alone. And there's power in belonging. I told this story more at length a while ago. It was when I was a youth pastor and it was a young man named Brad that he and his family showed up. He was a junior in high school. He was homeschooled because he had been picked on in school and Brad and his parents drove over 30 miles to come to our church. They were trying a new church, and they were going to a different town that maybe Brad could get a fresh start. Now, driving 30 miles may not seem like much in the metro with freeways, but when you're out in outstate Minnesota, there's lots of cornfields in between those towns. And remember when Brad showed up and Brad was kind of quirky and he would do things that would irritate you. Come to later to find out he had been hurt so often by others when he was younger that he would lash out and hurt somebody first before they got the first punch in. Brad was a part of my small group. I had the junior and senior guys, and it just so happened that this group of senior and junior guys were all athletes, and for most, if not all of them, fitting in and belonging was not that much of an issue. So here I got Brad who doesn't fit at all. So I challenged my Guys, as I got to know Brad, I said, let's make Brad feel like he belongs. It was hard sometimes, but they really worked on it. We went on a mission trip to West Virginia, and um, Brad didn't sign up, and I really hadn't thought much about it because Brad had only been a part of the youth group for about four or five months And then as we were two weeks out, one of the other guys, for some reason, couldn't go. And so I had an empty spot that was paid for. And I said, God, who should go? And Brad's name came to my mind first. And so I called him up, asked him if he wanted to go. He said yes. As we got closer to the trip and as we were getting ready to go... (laughs) My selfishness thought, hmm, I'm gonna to need to spend all my time with Brad. But I challenged my guys who were going on this trip, and I said, Let's make this the best trip ever for Brad. And they stepped up. It was Thursday night, the night before we were heading back and we were doing our debrief. We were kinda of, we were all together. In this big room, and I, I, I can remember this room. It was dark. We had, we had some candles lit, and people started sharing about the week and what they learned about themselves and God, and it was pretty neat. And then Brad spoke. And he said something like this. This is the first time in my life that I ever felt like I belonged. It was a holy moment. Tears started flowing as he told his story of being picked on in school from the time he was little. Others began sharing stories of how they didn't feel like they belonged. We got back home and... We were in the parking lot, and I was doing what youth pastors do, opening the door, getting stuff put away, making sure everybody's getting their luggage in. I'm watching out of the corner of my eye as every one of these guys is walking over to Brad, who's with his parents, hugging him, don't know what they're saying, and then walking away. Later in the week, I got a long email from Brad's mom. They didn't want him to go on this trip because they had sent him on trips before. They had sent him to Bible camp before, and he came home always worse than when he went. But he really wanted to go this time And he, um, his mom said in this email, she said, you know, we expected to hear from Brad during the week to get a phone call with him crying, because that's what happened every other trip. They didn't get a phone call. The 30-mile drive up to pick him up, they Were preparing to pick up pieces they didn't have any pieces to pick up and as they watched all these boys come over to hug him and then girls coming over to hug him they were in tears she told me he had asthma and he had an inhaler and we were in West Virginia, it was hot and humid, and that would be a bad place for his asthma, and not once did he use his inhaler. For me, there's healing powers in belonging. I share this story with you to share the power power of belonging and sometimes the belonging needs to be have a challenge because you also need to know that I challenged Brad when he started joining the small group and I started seeing how he was acting I challenged him I said you need to do things differently here it's time you don't have to lash out here we we love you we accept you as you are we're we're not going to do that I challenged him when he went with us to West Virginia. Participate in everything. Don't sit back and do nothing. Get involved. One of the funniest things is we were on this long hike, and we were at the end, and all of a sudden the guy started doing what guys kind of do sometimes. It was a it, who could get back to the end the fastest, and it was probably 150 yards to where we stopped. And Brad all of a sudden chirps up. From the back, he'd been walking along like this was the hardest thing in his life ever to do, and all of a sudden he says, I can beat you all. And so one of the other guys said, or one of the dads that was along said, ready, set, and Brad took off early. And the other guys chased him. The funny thing is, Brad was (laughs) so fast, he was so funny. power of belonging. We've all been there. We've all felt like we didn't belong. We've all hopefully have felt times when we did belong. For me, belonging is being known and still being loved. You see, we, we can be known and people not love us. But but the, the next step is being known and then still being loved. Today, as we talk about belonging, I want us to talk about healthy belonging. You see, there's unhealthy belonging, there's belonging that is based on performance, or based on enabling behaviors, or based on dependence, or based on power or coercion, but we're, we're not talking about any of that kind of belonging, we're talking about healthy belonging. Belonging. And if you remember, those of you who have been around here for a while, three and a half years ago, we began to have this conversation. What does it look like to be a healthy church? And we began to dialogue about that. And we came up with our core values because part of the thing we need to remember is that our culture really determines our success because you can have the best mission, the best vision, the best strategy in the world, but if you have an unhealthy culture, none of that matters. Peter Drucker, who is a leadership guru, is often quoted as saying, culture eats strategy for breakfast. So we as a church said, hey, what are the values for us of a healthy church? And we came up with these things. God's Word, love, transformation, fellowship, being Spirit-led, prayer and worship, going. And we added questions within it like, God's Word, am I in it? Is it in me and love? Am I loving like Jesus and transformation? Am I changing inside out in fellowship? Am I connecting authentically and Spirit-led? Am I yielding and responding in prayer and worship? Am I encountering Him and going? Am I on mission near and far? For us as a church, these are the values that we say are healthy. We have decided that we're, as a body, going to live by these values. Now, we need to remember that God created us to belong. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is a picture of belonging. It's a oneness. It's a unity. It's nothing that, no metaphor fully describes this Trinity, but it's, it is is a picture of belonging and You and I are made in the image of God, which means we are made to belong, to be in oneness and in unity. The garden in Genesis 1 and 2 is a picture of that oneness, the oneness between God and man, and between man and woman. Genesis tells us that Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day with God. Or I should say it the other way around. God walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. It's a belonging. It was sin that ripped that belonging part, and that doesn't mean the, the need and the desire for belonging is gone. It just means that it's much harder to do it. There's sin in the world. The early church modeled this belonging, modeled these values, and today we're going to look quickly at Acts 2, 42 through 47, because it is a picture of belonging. This is in the NIV. You can follow on the screen or open your Bible. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. This is belonging. You see it in all of these words. Like devoted. And everyone. And filled with awe. And we're together. Everything in common. Continued to meet together. Ate together. Enjoying favor. Do you see all those words? This speaks... To belonging. Imagine being a part of a community where these words were central. A couple of things I want to point out about healthy belonging this morning from this, these passages healthy belonging happens with intentionality. Notice in verse 1, it says this, and they devoted themselves. Devoted here means to persist obstinately. I mean, whenever you hear the word obstinate, you think of a kid that is obstinate, right? Oh, that person or that. They're obstinate. We think of it in the negative way. It means to persist Obstinately. This is what devotion means, or it means to persevere in something. So if you're going to be devoted, they devoted themselves. They persisted and persevered. In other words, they devoted themselves to these things and they were going to continue to do it, and they were never going to stop. Doing it. We have to remember that the early church persisted and persevered in these things even while they were not the premier group. They were the outcasts. Remember the Romans. The Romans had they didn't like Christians, they persecuted Christians. The Jewish people, they didn't like Christians because the Christians said the Messiah had come. And they were like, no, the Messiah hasn't come. They persisted and persevered with these things, even in the midst of opposition. The other thing I wanted us to notice from these verses here is this, the word themselves. They are the ones doing it. Belonging is up to you. Okay, I'm pushing some buttons, maybe. Seriously. You need to persist and persevere. You need to belong. You can't wait for somebody else. If you're sitting at home waiting for somebody else to make you feel belonged, you might never feel belonged. They themselves were persisting and persevering. They were doing it. It's sometimes hard to hear this thing, this this kind of stuff, because we, we want the pastor or the staff or other leaders, we want them to care for us. And there's an essence of that that should happen, absolutely. But if you remember in my story about Brad, I not only challenged my guys to make this a really good year, I challenged Brad, you got to come the other way. My question for you is, or for me, if I don't feel like I belong, then what am I doing about it? Am I being persistent and persevering at the things that will help me feel belonged? The early church's core values, these are the things that we, they devoted themselves, the apostles' teaching. They didn't have the Bible back then. So the, the apostles' teaching. So it's devoting themselves to the Word of God. So... Are you devoted to the Word of God? Are you persistent? Are you persevering? Are you reading your Bible every day? Are you meeting with other people to read the Bible together and study the Bible? You you don't need to wait for the church to plan and program things. Pick up the phone. We have cell phones. Everybody's got them with them. Call a friend. Say, yay, hey, you want to get together and just read the Bible? You can do that! They also devoted themselves to authentic relationship or fellowship. The Greek word is koinonia, it's about intimacy and communion. This is really hard because this means you need to open up. You, You need to bear your soul. You need to just trust that somebody's not going to just stomp on your heart. But you need to be persistent and persevere at fellowship. You need to go and go, I need authentic, I need fellowship. Pray, say, God, I, I need fellowship. Show me where I can get fellowship. We're, we're going to try to do some things to help generate that. That's why we've had, the, like I said earlier, the, the community corners. That's why we're going to continue that. We're going to create a space where you can have fellowship. But again, take that time of fellowship and extend it. You do something. What, one of the groups this summer had everybody, one of the people had everybody from their group over for lunch. It happened to be the group I was in and got to be there, and it was this eclectic group of people. People that normally don't hang out. But our host and hostess wanted to be tension about fellowship, so they did something. Again, we give you permission. Another thing they devoted themselves is the breaking bread, which some people sometimes think the breaking of bread is communion. The breaking of bread, that phrase was an idiom used back in Jesus' time about eating together. It has more to do with a meal. Again, invite somebody over. Just invite somebody over for lunch. Invite somebody over. You don't have to have a perfect meal. You don't have to have a perfect house. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just invite somebody over. The fourth thing that they devoted themselves was to prayer, which is really communication with God. It's amazing for me to read how often in the book of Acts the church was together praying. Peter and John are in prison. There's a group of people praying through the night. Paul and Barnabas are trying to figure out what to do next. There's a group of people praying and fasting, waiting for the Spirit to show them. Healthy belonging begins when I realize that I need to be persistent and persevere in my desire to belong. In other words, I so desire to belong that I do something. You see, me sitting at home or me attending church for one hour a week is not going to create an environment where you belong. The Western church has failed because it has created an environment where people treat the church like a restaurant. I go, I sit down, I order my food, somebody serves me, I pay the bill offering, and then I go home. And the sad thing is, when that's our mindset, if the food isn't what I want or the service isn't what I think it should be, then I go to a different restaurant. Do you know that 65% of church growth, of those churches that are growing, 65% of them, um, it's transfer growth. It's one person going from one church to another, it is, in my opinion, one of the greatest detriments to the church in the United States of America. So here's my question for you today. Are you devoting yourself to those things that will cause you to belong? Are you persistent and persevering in God's word? Are you persistent and persevering in fellowship? Are you persistent and persevering in eating with other people? Are you persistent and persevering in prayer? Challenge I have for us today is this. What if we made this year the year where we persisted and persevered at belonging? Next week we're going to talk about more about what that looks like. But what I challenge a group of high school guys to accept a guy who didn't fit in. I'm wondering if we persisted and persevered at belonging. Some of you do this really well. but what if we did it more? What if we did it in such a way that that belonging and that persistence that persevere, it leaked out into our community? Let's pray. Father, thank you today for the fact that you know us and love us, and I pray that we would become a place that is devoted to your word, that is devoted to fellowship, that is devoted to breaking of bread, and that is devoted to prayer. And then I pray, Father, that you would add to our number daily those who are being saved.